Welcome to The Art of Social Media, a podcast by Social Pilot. We host in-depth discussions with world-leading social media marketing experts that will help you discover the techniques, strategies, and skills you need to use to grow your business using social media. Now, here's your host, Tejas Mehta. The two social media platforms that you mentioned, LinkedIn and Twitter, on LinkedIn you have I think more than 250,000 followers on Twitter you have 150,000 followers or more right do you create specific content targeted to LinkedIn or do you repurpose that for Twitter how have you grown the audience so it's changed a long time I mean I was I've been around LinkedIn for a long I was a LinkedIn influencer back in the day when they started and I used to like a lot of people just say oh I just wrote this blog post great and it was at the time it did wonderful It's like, oh, great, link to the blog post, whatever. Well, that doesn't work anymore because algorithms change as they always do. So now what really works for me on LinkedIn is I will, I'll write two or three paragraphs on a topic with a take and the more point of view, heavy point of view, the better. And that's with any social media today. If you're you're vanilla, nah, it's not going to get much. But if you have a real strong take over something, that works really well. And I would say the same thing for Twitter. It's just in a different bite-sized piece. That's why a lot of people like Twitter. I'm not a big fan of Twitter threads because I'd rather just read a blog post, but some people are very good at Twitter threads and going on in you know nine or a 10 part series. But I would say, okay, I'm going to decide to do LinkedIn. So I'll say every once a week or twice a week, whatever the consistency that you can do. Remember, it's not more content that wins. You actually want to create less content with the most impact. So what does that mean? Is that once or twice a week, three times a week on LinkedIn? Does that make sense? Twitter is a little bit different. Maybe it's a number of times a day. If that makes sense. But do what you can do really well and focus on that. And that's what I think really works well where the links just, you know, I wish they would have worked. I wish they'd work today, right? It'd make everything a lot easier, but they don't. You have to have original content, original voice on these platforms. Right. And sure, the algorithms have changed. Links not as effective as 10 years ago. But to kind of create that original voice, there's a lot of work that goes in background. It's not that you kind of wake up one fine day and start typing on LinkedIn and create a post, right? How do you prepare for that background work? How does that come to you? Best way to do it is you have to treat, if you're it's yourself or you're a small business of any kind, you have to treat yourself just like a media company. You have a media company process. So it goes all the way down the line. You have what we call a content marketing mission statement or an editorial mission statement. Who's the audience? What are you going to deliver? What's the outcome? Here's the channel. Okay. What does that look like in this channel? I'm from a frequency standpoint that say, okay, LinkedIn three times a week. What are we going to deliver? What's the editorial calendar? You want to work a couple of weeks ahead if you can because you don't want to get to a point where, oh my God, it's Friday morning and I don't have any content for Friday morning and you're sitting there thinking about it. No, you want to make sure that you have this and that's where you can work with a team on it. It doesn't have to be just one person. You can work with multiple people on it. And you've seen this a lot. A lot of CEOs out there on LinkedIn and they're coming up with some really interesting commentary on LinkedIn. You you don't think they have help with that? They absolutely are getting a lot of help from a lot of people to do that. Now, if it's just you, I would still say work ahead at least one or two weeks so that you can take some time off. Or you, if, you don't, if you're not inspired during the week, that's fine. But it, what's good is it gets you thinking strategically about your audience, who you're targeting, why you're doing this in the first place, and what the overall objectives of this are. I mean, long-term, are you just trying to get followers? Like, that's fine. 
but what do you want people to end up subscribing to your newsletter? So you get that information and you get them open in your newsletter. And then you see maybe a different kind of behavior with your newsletter. That's what I like to do. I like to drive everybody ultimately to the newsletter where we have that relationship with them. And then we can see a behavior change over time with them. No, they're subscribing, they're opening, and then they're buying something after a period of time. So apart from consistency, having a clear process in place uh, to kind of target the audience, having an editorial calendar, and like really the discipline and cadence of it will help to kind of grow. That sounds like a great advice. Don't be surprised if you see me doing that and following it. So I'll, I'll report as to what happens, you know, in six months. It's not rocket science, right? This is just standard publishing 101. And the difference is, is that most people don't come from a publishing background. They come from, if we're trained historically in marketing, we've been trained for interruption. We've been trained for big campaigns and, hey, look at me and here's my product and service. Well, we're moving to a relationship-based communication. And that means it takes time, it takes thought, it makes, you know, thinking ahead on, on what I'm going to publish and what I want to see have happen. And that's just a different animal altogether. And you're seeing more people get that, but it's still a new muscle for a lot of organizations. Sure. You'll have a live, live reporting from me. So be prepared for that. Absolutely. Let's kind of talk about creator economy a bit, right? And I want to kind of touch upon how creator economy is functioning right now, the role of creators. You have this great blog called thetilt.com, which is kind of helping content creators into becoming content entrepreneurs. And then I also want to talk about the Tilt coin, which I saw is the number one ranking coin on rally.io. So please share your thoughts on the creator economy. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, you talked about, you know, we talked about my journey before. I've been focused on enterprise marketing for you know 15 years and the whole content marketing, content marketing world. We created the event, the whole thing. And then when my wife and I sold that business, I took a couple of years off and I looked at what was going on in the industry. And I saw all these create because the uh, democratization of all these tools, anyone is a content creator. All we need is a cell phone today. So you're seeing that happen. And at the same time, we have all these creators that are building audiences, but they don't know how to build a business. And that's where I think a lot of people went wrong because in the creator economy, everyone focused on the tools and technology, which is great, but it's all about the creator. And what does the creator want to do? First and foremost, that creator is an entrepreneur or hopefully considering themselves an entrepreneur. That means you're a business. And a lot of creators look at themselves as just creating content first, and they're going to figure out the business stuff later. It's very hard to do that. So that's what we teach at The Tilt is all about how you can become financially sustainable as a creator business. So we really focus on serious content creators. Most of the content creators that are our audience that are getting our newsletter twice a week, they've been creating content for well over two years. They've got e-newsletters, they've got podcasts. They're like little diversified media companies. We're trying to figure out how do you grow your audience the right way? How do you develop revenue channels? Uh, how do you diversify into, into the ways that make sense? And then this whole thing, you asked, you asked about the token or tilt coin, Web3, for even though it, it's not great in the press right now and getting a lot of media love, I still think is a thing for a lot of content entrepreneurs that we want to look at getting off of some of the social media platforms that have taken most of the revenue. I mean, if you look at the value that's been created in these social platforms like Facebook, like Instagram, like YouTube, the vast majority of that money has gone to those companies. Right or wrong, it has. And, and you can choose as a creator to, to leverage that or not. Well, 
what if you're a creator and you leverage those platforms, but you have a token uh, in the form of a social token like we do with Tilcoin or an NFT, non-fungible token that a lot of NFTs are out there where you could be out, use all these platforms, build an audience, but then that audience would get involved and own a piece of what you're doing. A little bit of you know, whether that's a token where you can use that as a currency in your own business, they can buy merchandise or they can buy training or consulting like they can with Tiltcoin. So if you have Tiltcoin, you subscribe to the Tilt, you get Tiltcoin. If you refer the Tilt newsletter to somebody, you get more Tiltcoin. What can you do with that? You can buy merchandise, you can buy training, you can buy access to our events with that. So that's kind of how we use it. A lot of people use it in a different way, but I think of a token as more of a utility and you give your customers different ways to use this sort of creating your own mini economy. We're early days on this stuff. I don't even know where it's going. And we know if you follow what's going on with the SEC and the CFTC and in the United States, nobody knows the rules yet. Like they haven't been written. I'm hopeful that there is any kind of regulation so we know where we stand with all these things. And that's really why you've seen this crypto winner, I think, in a lot of cases, because a lot of people don't want to stick their toe in the water because we don't know. And I, I totally get that. But we're going to come out of this. Uh, there's so much innovation going on with this area. I'm confident that there will be smart people making some smart decisions. But I think that if you are a content creator, you should be looking at Web3 possibilities for your business. And you're going to see this kind of stuff in five years where you're to go to a certain web property on your phone, you're going to have to log in with your wallet, with your digital wallet, having some kind of an NFT for access or token access to get in there. You're going to see a lot of that because you're seeing a lot of companies take their privacy back and they're holding it in their digital wallet instead of just giving up all this information on the social platforms. Probably went too far into that at this point. We're so early days with this thing, but I'm bullish on the long-term aspect of a token of some kind being part of a content creator's business model. So does the content come first and the audience follows uh, and then the token uh, comes into picture or like when does a creator get into tokens? There are some, and I would say this is a, a large minority that they create let's say an NFT, some, some people understand NFTs. Let's say you launch a thousand NFTs and you make them available on OpenSea and you can purchase that NFT with Ethereum or Solana or whatever you want to. A lot of people will just say, build the project first, build excitement about the project and the audience will come. That has happened, but it's very, very rare. If you're looking for the better way to do it, if you think about a token NFT project as a product, you would want to build the audience first, just like anything else. And I talk about this in, in my book, Content Inc., where I, I really do believe if you build the audience first that knows, likes, and trusts you and you deliver content over a period of time, and we know it generally takes about 12 to 18 months to build this minimum viable audience. Once you build an audience that knows, likes, and trusts you, then you can get them involved in the other things. Then they would gladly invest in your token project uh, because you've built super fans. And then you take that super fan to a next level with this NFT project. So that's my recommendation. I'm not saying you can't do it the other way because I've seen it done, but it is much more difficult, in my opinion, to build buzz when they don't have a relationship with you already. So great. If you're thinking about doing something like this and you have some kind of an audience, NFTs, social tokens are wonderful for the people that really, really love you. So they really are for the super fans. As Kevin Kelly would say, it's your thousand true fans. Lee Jin would say, it's your hundred super fans. 
you can monetize a community like that and give them special access to an event. Like we have uh, our event creator economy expo, which is every May, we've sold an NFT project called never ending tickets. So you buy this NFT and every year you get free VIP, you get VIP access into our event. Uh, like this year, we'll give out unlimited drinks for everyone that's there that has an NFT and you get a VIP event that no one else can go to. And some people that have particular NFTs get access to a main stage presentation or something like that. So those are the types of things that you create. Gary Vaynerchuk's done a wonderful job at doing some of this with his uh, VFriends project as well. So yes, definitely easier to build the audience first and then the token project. Right. Going back to the creators of the creator economy, what are the top three challenges that they are facing now that the tools are democratized and they have content ideas? You teach them how to monetize. But what are the challenges that you see, you know, top three challenges that you see that them facing day in, day out? Number one challenge is patience. And that's what we try to teach a lot of. This is true for a lot of people on TikTok as well. We've seen overnight successes with TikTok, but it's very hard to, even if you have a million followers on TikTok, it's hard to monetize that. So you really do have to set, like we we just did some research at the Tilt where we found out it takes about six months to get to, to a dollar to actually start driving revenue. It takes 17 months to support yourself as a creator. It takes 25 months for you to hire your first person. Those might even be generous when you think about it. I mean, when I first started as my own content creator, it took me 22 months until I really felt that we had a business that I wouldn't have to go back and work for somebody. So the number one thing is absolutely you have to get your expenses in order. You have to get your your expectations in the right place to make it through this marathon and not a sprint. The second thing is actually choose, and we talked about this, choose one thing that you're great at. You can dabble in a lot of other things, experiment always. I love that. But we know that successful content creators and content entrepreneurs really focus on doing one thing well. So focus on that and really focus on the content tilt part of this was what's the, what is that content differentiation? So look at your competitive set. Now, who's doing what? And a lot of people will say, oh, just do your own thing. I really do like to look at what's a content gap. Who's not covering this thing? And how can we cover that better than anyone else? And would be another challenge. I think the third, the third challenge is probably the belief that email is still a thing. Uh, <laughs> until there's a better thing around, I'm still going to out there and, and, and talking about how wonderful email is. And I've been doing this for 20 years because what I see is I see all these content creators that are building these amazing channels and amazing uh, on social channels. And then the rules change and they lose their access to it or they get banned or something happens. And I don't want that to happen. So email is a really good follow where I always say, do your thing and email, YouTube and email, podcast and email, Twitch and email. And you'd be surprised, you, even with a younger crowd, you still have email. I mean, look at any social media platform. How do you get access to a social media platform today? Sign up with your email address. Everyone, everyone. And somebody will say, hey, people don't read email anymore. Not true. Every Look at yourself, your own behavior. Look at all your friends and colleagues. There's always two or three or four emails that they look for and open on a regular basis. So be that amazing thing in email. So those are probably the three that I would start with. But number one, over and above everything else is you have to set yourself up. This is a long game. It doesn't happen overnight. If it does, great. 
I saw John Lee Dumas is a great example, an entrepreneur on fire. Took him about nine to 10 months until he really was making it, making profit. That is the exception and not the rule. It generally takes a lot longer. So patience is the key. And then consistency on top of that, being disciplined, true for any business. So that's that's good to know, true for creators as well. Who are the interesting people for content marketing that I should follow on social media? So in content marketing, of course, I'd have to recommend my co-host on this old marketing, Robert Rose. If you're looking for a, a strategy, somebody that understands content marketing strategy better than anyone else, it's absolutely Robert. So I'd follow Robert Rose. He does a great job. He's written multiple books on this topic. I love from a writing standpoint, I absolutely love Anne Hanley. I'm a big Anne Hanley fan. She's got a great newsletter. So if you understand the writing aspect of content marketing, wonderful. Brian Piper and Andy Crestadina are two to follow on content optimization and search engine optimization when it comes from a content marketing uh, standpoint. Love that. Podcasting, John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn are, I would both follow those uh, gentlemen. They're, They're tremendous. If you're looking at Bigger brands programs to look at, Cleveland Clinic, Amanda Todorovic has done a great job at Cleveland Clinic, salesforce.com. I would look at what they're doing and they're they're creating organic as well as purchasing properties. And then if you want to look at maybe my favorite case study in the world, it's Aero Electronics. Aero Electronics is a Fortune 120 company, billion, multi-billion dollar company. Instead of growing organically into all these areas, they went out and purchased 50 different media properties. Now they have 3 million opt-in subscribers. And if you said, who is the number one media comp- company in the B2B electronics engineering space? I would say it's not a media company. It's Aero Electronics. And they did that through acquisition. And Victor Gao was the orchestrator behind all that. So those are a nice group of people to follow in content marketing. Wonderful. And who are the people to follow for social media marketing? People doing great oh, on social media? Actually, a lot of the same people because all those people are are using uh, are using social media. But my good friend, Michael Stelzner, who created uh, Social Media Marketing World, is a great one to follow. Social Media Examiner is a great site uh, when it comes to social media. I love social media today as well. I love uh, what the folks at Copyblogger are doing from a content creation and social media standpoint. So I highly recommend looking at that direction. And then you've got, yeah, I mean, depends on what you're looking at. I love the, what the folks at SEM Rush are doing. You, you know, you got what what HubSpot's doing from their creator program is super interesting to me. ConvertKit's got some interesting things that they're doing as well. So it's just, it's fascinating. From a creator standpoint in social media, I've become a big fan of Mr. Beast, <laughs> which a lot of people don't know, but he's done it the right way because he's he started I think in 2011, he started on YouTube and he sort of tried to figure it out. It took him a couple of years and now he's got a hundred million followers and he's, um, he's banking a hundred million dollars a year. He's doing some of the greatest work on, on YouTube. So Hassan Piker is a great one to follow on Twitch. He's a political commentator, but I think he's one of the leaders in Twitch and what he's used with that streaming platform. And I think a lot of us don't talk about Twitch enough. Uh, Amazon property, multi-billion dollar property, even though, Maybe not as creator friendly as maybe as YouTube is, so we will we will see how that goes. But kind of my 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 take on the creators and social media there. Tons of people to follow, so that's that's good news. A couple of very quick fire questions. Your favorite book that is not authored by you? Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein is absolutely my favorite book of all time. What is it about? So Stranger, it's a science fiction book, uh, and it <laughs> it's basically a Valentine Michael Smith is the lead character. He was 
born on Mars and he comes back to Earth and has to adapt to what happens in our environment. And it was written, I think, in the 60s, but it's, it still holds up really, real, really well today. So I, I recommend, anytime I recommend somebody wants to read a book, I absolutely go for that. From a uh, nonfiction standpoint, I just read uh, Brian Cranston's book, who stars in Breaking Bad, called A Life in Parts. Really recommend that for creators. Uh, I love what they've been able to do. And then for a like a marketing book, Everybody Writes by Anne Hanley, just coming out with a new version. Absolutely love it. Can't recommend it enough. Got it. Your favorite productivity hacks or productivity secrets, uh, if hacks is too negative a word for you? I don't know if this is a productivity hack, but I think this is a hack that all marketers need to do. And I have my list right here. I list companies that I think we should buy all the time. And I have it listed in front of me. And I want to see that visibly. A lot of marketers, content marketers, as well as creators don't think about the fact that acquisition is a really important part of content marketing. And if you said, what's the missing skill for content marketers today? I would say they don't understand acquisition. And I think you need to understand that because you don't have to organically create all this anymore. You have, as we talked about the creator economy, lots of creators creating all this stuff already. And sometimes it makes sense to purchase those creators' brands instead of creating it uh, fresh. And uh, one of the reasons why Content Marketing Institute was successful is we had three really important acquisitions that helped us go. We, we uh, bought our awards program, we bought an email database, and we brought a West Coast event. And it did it exactly through, oh, that's an interesting event. I'm going to write that down. That's an interesting event. And you get to a point that makes sense. You have a you talk to those people, you build relationships over time, and some of these things happen. And um, I think we don't dis we don't think about it as enough as marketers that acquisition should be part of our strategy. Right. Very difficult to conceive if you don't have that mindset, acquiring you know, audiences and properties to kind of grow. So that's that's wonderful to know. Awesome. Joe, this has been such a pleasure. I can continue forever, but I'm, I want to be respectful for your time. Thanks a lot for coming out and sharing your thoughts and insights. Where can people find you online? So yeah, on social media, I'm at Joe Polizzi, P-U-L-I-Z-Z-I. -I, so you can find me everywhere, but subscribe to thetilt.com. Uh, I write on a regular basis the Tilt. We've got a wonderful team. So if you like all this content creation stuff, please go there. And then joepolizzi.com. I have a personal newsletter that I send out every two weeks as well. And you can follow me there as well. Wonderful. Got it. Thank you so much again. Really pleasure having you here and hope to see you soon. Wonderful. Looking forward to it next time. Thanks. The Art of Social Media is brought to you by Social Pilot. To find out more about Social Pilot and how we can give you everything you need to hit your social media marketing goals, visit socialpilot.co. And then make sure to search for The Art of Social Media in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click follow so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Social Pilot, thanks for listening.